Hey friends, welcome to episode 128 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Swift, and I am so thankful that you stopped by today to listen in to our show. We are talking about the importance of controlling how we respond to our circumstances. And I think we can all relate to that and could use a little help in that department. And my guest this week is Kristen Hogriff Parnell. And we're talking about that. We're also talking about waiting on God for what we're longing for and keeping our eyes focused on who Jesus is and what he's already done in our lives. And you'll just love what Kristen shares. She also writes suspenseful fiction from a faith perspective for women and young adults, and she's going to share her own suspense story with us. So stay tuned for that. And speaking of the importance of controlling how we respond to our circumstances, I am so excited to let you know that I have a Bible study that we'll be releasing this spring called Surrender the Joy Stealers, Rediscover the Jesus Joy in You. And I would love you to keep up on when that's coming out and any news about that and other things that I share with my email subscribers. So be sure to go to doraswift.com and subscribe. There's some freebies there you can grab to join my email list. Uh, Fear Fighting Bible Scriptures and some other things like an ebook, Step Out of Your Doubt and Into Your Calling. So check that out. And I know what Kristen has to share is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Kristen Hogarth Parnell. But first, here's a word from Access More. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm excited to welcome my friend, Kristen Hogreff Parnell. She is an award-winning author and speaker, and she writes suspenseful fiction from a faith perspective, which I love. And she writes for women and young adults, so we're going to hear more about that. And her own suspense story involved waiting on God into her 30s to meet her husband, and she desires to keep embracing God's plan for her life when it's not what she expects. We can relate to that. She's also an English teacher, which I love so much. And she and her husband, James, live in Florida with their sweet baby boy, Noah, who is a precious answer to prayer. Welcome to the show, Kristen. It's so great to have you on. Thank you so much, Doris. It's a pleasure to be here. I am excited to hear more about your story. So I would love if you would share a little about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Sure. Well, thank you, Doris. So as we were talking a little earlier before the show, uh, my first calling right now is is multifold, but <laughs> being a new mama is certainly part of that. Um, being a wife, a teacher, and a writer. So um, fierce calling in many directions. And uh, yeah, life story I've found just so often lends itself to um, themes and topics for my fiction books. So I don't know, where would you like to start? <laughs> yeah, I, I, first of all, I love that you're an English teacher. So mm -hmm. how did that come about? Did you just always want to do that? Or did you love English when you were in school? I did. I loved English. 
So that's the that's the yes part of that question. But did I want to be a teacher? That is a no question. <laughs> I my my college professors told me they said, Kristen, you should be a teacher. And I'm like, absolutely not. I want to be a writer. <laughs> and they're like, OK. And then, you know, God just kind of has a way of taking those nevers and changing them. <laughs> so yes. after being in marketing for a few years, uh, I said yes to teaching to substitute teaching and then to teaching in the classroom. And long story short, now I teach online. So not what I had planned, but what God had planned. Yeah, that is so, so cool. Because so often you hear people say that, you know, when other people see things in us that we would never aspire to do, or we thought, are you kidding? No way. You know, I'm not doing that. And then it's like, oh, um, wait a second. And then next thing you know, (laughs) you know, God kind of puts these things in our hearts and it just winds up that we, we walk in a calling that we maybe never thought we would be walking in, which is kind of cool. And so so when you were writing, um, fiction, because you write for women and young adults, which I think that Mm -hmm. is so important. And because it's from a faith perspective and, you know, this way it can reach so many with a message of, you know, the good news of the gospel, right? And, and faith. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you got into writing. When did that begin? The very beginning. Well, I mean, if we go way, way back, I feel like maybe I was in first grade and my aunt helped me make a little board book Mm -hmm. called Mittens the Kitten. So, I mean, that's like, that's, that's the earliest inception. Um, I don't really think that counts, (laughs) but she was so sweet and helping me make this little picture book. And I don't know, maybe that, sparked an interest, but I think mostly it was in middle school. My brothers and our friends started these chapter books and we each took turns writing a chapter and every chapter was, you know, more and more ridiculous because it had a different author, but I loved it. They got tired of it after a while Mm -hmm. and I said, no, I want to keep writing. And so then I wrote my own stories and then my books. And then after college, I was like, I really, I want to take this seriously. I want to pursue this. Um, so yeah, the publishing road has been very windy, you know, it's been a windy road. I didn't know anyone in publishing or anything about the industry. So yeah, I've, I've come a long way since then. Yeah. I think Mittens the Kitten should make a comeback. I love that. Maybe now that I'm a mom, maybe I'm qualified to read children's books now that I read so many. Exactly. And so many authors do, you know, first maybe start out in nonfiction or fiction and then they they start writing children's books. So I could see that happening. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And and see, so again, we're talking about people kind of get things sometimes it's too like the Holy Spirit prompting to encourage someone else in something that they might think about doing or, you know, get back to doing. And so, and I really love that you had said that you loved writing and you wanted to stick with it. So it really stuck with you. And then it kind of went on to blossom into more. And so when you were, did you start writing? And then how did it, come about where you met your husband? Because I know that's another thing that you kind of talk about as your own suspense story, because you write Mm -hmm. suspense fiction, which we want to hear more about because, you know, but I'm going to keep the listeners in suspense for a minute about that. And (laughs) let's, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that story. What's behind that? 
Oh, so yeah, I mean, I think everyone has a little bit of suspense in their story when life doesn't go the way they think it's going to. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Oh, so yeah, I mean, I think everyone has a little bit of suspense in their story when life doesn't go the way they think it's going to, you know, the I'm going to get married in my mid 20s and have a family. And, and I always, I always thought I was going to be a wife and a mom, but you know, I'm just doing the next right thing in front of me. I'm working, I'm serving in church and ministry. And I'm just not, just not meeting him, you know? And um, I was like, well, I guess, you know, obviously it's up to God, but I should probably maybe hang out with young adult singles groups instead of just volunteering in Awana um, <laughs> so, um, or youth group, which I loved being part of youth group. Um, but yeah, I, I went to a singles Bible study. It was farther south than I lived, but I was kind of in a place where there really wasn't a vibrant, um, vibrant group of people my age. And so I went to the Bible study and then I went to the church connected to that study. And it was at one of our outreach events. We were washing cars for single moms. And so our group was in charge of the the assembly line of washing these cars. And so I volunteered for hubcap duty with two other guys. I didn't know either of them. And James just happened to be one of them. So we washed hubcaps together and that's how we met. Um, and then he asked me out and yeah, um, wasn't, you know, wasn't what I was expecting or how I was expecting it to happen. And, and I think that's the best way though, you know, yeah. we have these ideas and I mean, expectations is something I kind of talk about in this book a lot, you know, the character, she's broken up with her boyfriend, not what he, she expected, um, not who she expected that she needed or he needed. And um, I just think our expectations can really get in the way of, of God's best sometimes. And so it's just neat to see how um, just that own, my own suspense story and meeting my husband, I feel like just also gave me a burden for other, you know, young singles, professional singles who are really genuinely wanting God's best, but, you know, maybe breaking down some of those, expectations that might be standing in the way for them. So I, I hope this book is one that's going to really speak to that audience. And then also anyone who, who loves a good love story and suspense. Yeah. I love that you're talking so much about expectations because I think we put a lot of expectations on ourselves, which Mm -hmm. then when things don't happen the way we think they should happen, we, we spiral downward or whatever, you know, or it can really get to us. But then also other people can put expectations on us as well. And then we can feel like, you know, how people mean well when they say things, but right. they're kind of, you know, maybe implying, well, why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? And maybe this will happen. But I think like what you're saying with your sweet story and and so romantic how you met when you were washing hubcaps together that is so cool and you know just that to continue to trust God you know like continually trust him and pray and just relax about it and when we least expect things they can just happen Mm -hmm. even more than we could ask or imagine like that 
wonderful scripture that says that, that God does exceedingly abundantly above what we ask. And so, you know, that is a great, great story. And I know it's going to encourage someone today who's maybe waiting on something. It might Mm -hmm. not necessarily be waiting on a spouse. It might be waiting on a job opportunity or waiting to hear back from maybe a book publisher or, you know, there's a lot of things we wait on, right? So, so tell us more about this book that's, because your book is launching and what is it, like, what is it about? You told us a little bit about it, but tell us like the name and a little bit about your main character and where she developed from. Sure. So the book title is Take My Hand. It's the first book in my new Crossroads Suspense series with Mountain Brook, Inc. And the premise is it follows a trauma therapist who unknowingly counsels a mafia defector and then becomes the next target. So um, (laughs) he he ends up disclosing something to her that she doesn't know he's disclosed. Mm -hmm. And so she has to kind of sort through what did he tell me that's so important that now I have these people coming after me for? Um, So that's the, that's the suspense element. The romantic element is she is immediately after that meeting with the client, she leaves for a ski trip with her church singles group to beach mountain where her ex-boyfriend happens to be on the same trip. And so he wants a second chance. She doesn't think they're a good idea, but then he's, he's going to be there for her in a very tough situation. So, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of suspense, a lot of humor and romance, um, and just a lot of themes like second chances and, you know, reevaluating those expectations and what's really important. Um, those were all things I really wanted to tie into this story. Mm. Yeah. I love, uh, the parallels to, you know, life, how things that we experience in life and, it's not easy to write fiction, is it? There there are subplots. It's not all just a linear story that goes, you know, straight. Oh, no. So uh, did you find it difficult at first to hone in on that craft of being able to have, like, different subplot side stories and things like that going on? Well, that's a great question. So I think... I think it's easy to get focused on like the main plot and then you realize you've got these subplots going on and you have to tie up all the loose ends or the reader is going to be unhappy, you know, Hey, what about that? You know? So I think that just comes with practice and also lots and lots of editing, you know, and being brutally honest and asking for that brutally honest feedback, you know, okay, did I miss this? Or did I tie that up in a satisfactory way? Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of practice. I forget who said it, but, you know, it takes really like 10,000 hours of doing anything to become even reasonably good at it. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've met 10,000 hours for writing, but I'm still, you know, I'm still growing in my craft and always welcoming um, feedback from my editor and agents and readers. Um, it's, you know, I call myself a lifelong learner. So yeah, I hope my stories will continue to develop that way too. Nice. And as a teacher, you know, that mm-hmm. is, is a passion of yours to learn as well. Yes. And so it ties right into it. And then being an English teacher isn't too shabby when you're an author because it kind of <laughs> probably helps. And I'm sure your editors appreciate your attention to proper English and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. and so that helps. And, you know, it, it's just kind of, when you think about it, our, it, it's fiction, but yet it's true to life because our lives have so many subplots going on, right? They do. 
Like yes. so many narrative things happening in our lives and some things are going well and some things may not be going as well, but then maybe the expectations kind of come into play with that too. But uh, I love some of the themes that you talk about. Uh, for one thing, I love your tagline on your website. It says where faith and adventure intersect. Of course, you know, I love that word intersect. <laughs> and, right. you know, faith is an adventure, isn't it? It is. And like you were saying, fiction really is an amazing vehicle to present that truth in very welcoming and um, non-confrontational fashion. You know, when somebody picks up a story, mm -hmm. the first goal, of course, of a story is to entertain, to take you out of your world um, and somewhere else. And any good fiction piece should do that. But it also presents this opportunity to show real life truth in real life scenarios. Yes, these characters are make-believe and you know, mm -hmm. they're not real people, but what happens to them is very realistic and the struggles they face and the challenges. Now, maybe, you know, none of us are going to be hunted down by the mafia, <laughs> I hope, but um, like poor Kaylee, but, you know, her struggles with relationships, her struggles, you know, giving her problems over to God and mm -hmm. being willing to trust him in a very difficult situation. Yeah. I mean, those are all very real things we struggle with, you know, whether it's, waiting for a spouse, waiting for a publishing agreement, waiting to have a baby as something else I had to wait for. Mm -hmm. um, and, and life is full of those difficulties and those challenges. And I just love that when I read a fiction story or write a fiction story, that kind of relational truth can still come out and encourage readers mm -hmm. in an indirect way. Yeah. And like you were saying about, you know, the things that we need to wait for and how your character struggles with different things because I think everybody at one time or another has struggled with their faith when going through a hard season and not necessarily that we don't believe in God anymore or we don't trust him although people can make a very crucial decision when they come to a crossroad you know do I run toward God or do I run away from him and and it it's just it lends to the credibility of your character's that they struggle with things because if everything was, you know, I mean, of course you have the Pollyanna, but even when mm -hmm. you, I mean, Pollyanna struggled with some stuff too. She Didn't she did. fall out of a tree or something? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot mm -hmm. that happens, you know, even in our Pollyanna view uh, of the world that we would like to see, but it's not that way because we're in a, a broken world. And I, and I, I love how you, have referenced um, biblical view of satisfaction. Can you just talk a little bit about what that means? Yeah. So one of the themes I really explore in the book is um, the idea that although we can't control our circumstances, we can control how we respond to them. Mm -hmm. And so that's at Kaylee, again, trauma therapist. She's actually doing her master's thesis on this concept and the work of Viktor Frankl. Um, which is, you know, just an incredible work, but it's one thing to have the head knowledge that, okay, yes, I can control my response to this situation. Mm -hmm. And another thing to be like, I get to choose how I respond, even though this situation is really awful. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to practice it and just practicing that. Okay. In this moment, I can be satisfied because she comes to realize God sees me. God sees me right here. And even if this is my last day, he sees me and he knows me. And um, just 
finding those simple truths to hang on to in those hard places. Um, I think that's just so important. Yeah, that is really important. Have you also, which I think probably it's, it is true, but have you like added some of your own experiences into the characters as you write them? I think my experiences always shape my writing. Um, and they come out in different characters. So mm-hmm. people will be like, well, are you that character? I'm like, no, every <laughs> character has got a little piece of me in there somewhere. Even sometimes the villains, because you got to have a relatable villain, right? right? They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. So um, they have the warped view, but they're doing it for what they think are the right reasons. So um, yeah, I think I think pieces of my experiences definitely shape and color my my characters, you know, whether it's a, a humorous quote, um, something I heard somebody say, or um, like for Kaylee, for example, a piece of her that I can, that is kind of part of my story was learning to ski for the first time. You know, here she is, this Florida girl who's going on this ski trip, never seen snow. Um, I could write that very honestly, because I had that experience several years ago. <laughs> and just that really rough learning curve, you know, yeah. when you're not uh, you know, a child anymore where you can just bounce back and, you know, easily learn anything. Mm-hmm. It can be really hard. So yeah, I definitely try to draw from life experiences and, and just incorporate some of those things into my, my characters. So they seem more lifelike. Yeah. And you were talking earlier too, about waiting on things and you mentioned mm-hmm. your little guy, right? Waiting on mm-hmm. him and he's an answer to prayer. Was was that something where you struggled with um, dealing with some infertility or what was the season like for that? Yeah, um, and I'm happy to share that story. Um, we definitely, we were not able to get, well, we actually did get pregnant fairly quickly, but I miscarried. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, that was, that was so hard. And my heart goes out to anyone else who has that experience. Um And, you know, you definitely question, you know, this was a good thing. I was like, you know, in my mind, we tell God these things. I'm like, you know, God, I waited on you for a husband. So surely you can just make this happen easily, right? (laughs) I mean, that's my logic. That's logic. God's logic is we don't know his ways. We don't understand his ways, but we know they're good. Um, And he has our good at heart, even in the hard times. And I will say, even in that time where I was just broken, um, he was so real. Like I just never felt him that close and I just felt closer in his suffering. You know, the Bible talks about that. We, we can share in his sufferings. And I think when we do go through hard seasons, that's our chance to, to turn to him and get to know him in a, a really deeper way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really hard. Yeah. Waiting. And then, you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to get pregnant. And then when you get those negative tests results, that's, that can just be crushing. And I've read so many other blog posts and, listen to podcasts from other gals who also experienced this. And so I would just say, you know, yes, my story has a happy ending here with a a sweet baby boy who I adore. Um, But not all stories end like that, you know, not all stories um, in other ways. end that way, you know, you want to publish a book and maybe it, it happens and maybe it doesn't, even if it happens, well, will you be able to publish another one? You know, there's, there's nothing guaranteed um, in this life, except that we can know that we can know that God is good and that he loves us mm-hmm. and that we can spend eternity with him just yeah. by having that relationship with him. So, um, but yeah, it's hard, you know, and then now there's things that, you know, you want, I want, uh, or do we have them? No. 
are we going to complain about them? We shouldn't. <laughs> um, but uh, again, keeping our eyes focused on on who Jesus is and what he's already done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where I kept running back to. I knew he loved me. Um, and I know he loves me now, even in, you know, challenging or sleepless nights or any of those things. Yeah. The one thing that we can know for sure, mm-hmm. we don't, there's so many other unknowns and uncertainties, but we know that we can always trust God and we know, we know Jesus and that is so important and such a, a treasure in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so thank you. That was really beautiful how you shared all of that and how it's a praise to God and honoring to him to suffer well with him, mm-hmm. you know, and for him. And, and I definitely didn't do it gracefully sometimes, yeah. but I have learned that God takes those hard times in our life and uses them to encourage other people. Yeah. Because I've had conversations with friends who would never have shared to me about their own infertility struggles mm-hmm. if I were like, hey, you know, I've got, I I got pregnant without even trying, which, you know, has happened to people and God bless you if that's, if that's your story and that's great. Yeah. But a lot of people can't relate to that. They can relate to the the broken places. So if you've got a broken part of your story and you don't think God can redeem it, uh, he can, and he can use it to encourage somebody in ways you might never expect. Amen. Thank you. That is going to be such an encouragement to someone listening today and so true that we can share our testimony and the things that God has done in our lives and the the hard parts that we can share, like you said, to encourage others because mm-hmm. we've walked different roads and were where they are and they can see there is hope. Mm-hmm. And so that that's important. And I also love how you talk about embracing humility, which is so important. Do you find that that comes out in your writing too? I hope so. I mean, if I were to say I'm a humble person, then right there, I've, I've blown humility. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I would like to, I would like to hope that my writing comes through gracefully Mm -hmm. um, and that people can feel encouraged by it, whether, you know, it's a blog post that I've written on a nonfiction topic or a story where someone's like, wow, I get that character that that's me, or I'm going through that. Or, you know, I need to, uh, there's a, a minor character in the, in the story that just really rubs the protagonist, the wrong, my hero in the wrong way. Um, and at the end she comes around and she's like, you know what? I need people like this who are different than me because they help me see the world in a different way. So I hope those kinds of, um, more graceful messages do come through in my writing, but I'm sure it's, you know, an imperfect process. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that you probably have feedback from your books of people who have been so inspired and encouraged, especially if they've read it while going through a difficult season in their life, or even just, you know, for enjoyment to read it. And then they, Mm -hmm. they can relate to the character and you know, so that is, that is definitely a fierce calling to motherhood for sure. <laughs> and, Amen. <laughs> and, you know, it's so uh, we'll be praying for you to be able to get some sleep because I know that's, that would be wonderful. <laughs> all newer mamas uh, have that struggle with the, you know, sleep deprivation. But, uh, but I know that God just, it's funny how he provides 
and he expands our time somehow to be able mm-hmm. to fit things in with your writing and all of that. Yeah. So um, that is awesome. And this has been such a joy. And I would love if you could share a little bit more about how the listener can connect with you, how they can find out more about your book and the other books that you've written, because you've got others that you've already published. So tell us about that and how, how they can find you. Awesome. Well, yes, um, I am online and hopefully it'll be in your show notes because my full name is a mouthful, KristenHogreffParnell.com. <laughs> so please don't try to spell it right now. Just go to your show notes. Yes. <laughs> Doris has got you covered. Um, but yeah, I would love for you to find me there. I have a monthly newsletter. So that has all of the details about, you know, my books. I do a lot of giveaways. I share a lot about life especially now with my little newborn. Um, So yeah, it's just a fun way to stay in touch. And then yes, I do have young adult fiction. And so that's been neat to connect with, you know, my students and then other young readers. So that's also on my website. Um, But it's just been such a joy to talk with you too, Doris, and go full circle from meeting you at Blue Ridge to now getting to to chat on your amazing podcast. It's it's just been a real delight. Oh, thank you. It's just, it's been such a joy to have you. And I will have all of those links in the show notes so people can find your site. And everything really is easy to find on your site. And you actually, do you have like a course on your site or different courses too? on your site? Um, I I have some writing Mm -hmm. resources for other writers since, you know, I kind of did a lot of troubleshooting in the early days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I do have some of those resources, um, you know, details on speaking or um, some courses I've shared at conferences. That's, that should all be there too. And of course, if you can't find something you're looking for, just shoot me an email from the contact page. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. It's been so great to have you and I hope to have you on again sometime. I would love that. Nice. All right, friend. Well, thank you again, and we will talk soon. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope this episode encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to step out of your doubt and into your fierce calling. I loved our conversation today, and if it if it did encourage you in some way, would you please consider sharing it with others so that they can also listen in? And I love these quotes from the show. Of course, we're talking about the controlling of our circumstances and those kind of things. And Kristen said, one of the themes I really explore in the book is the idea that although we can't control our circumstances, we can control how we respond to them. She also said, I have learned that God takes those hard times in our life and uses them to encourage other people. So true, friend. If you're going through a difficult time right now, know that God can use it. And know also that God's word tells us that what the enemy means for harm, he's going to use it for good. And he will turn all things around for good for those who love and are called according to his purpose. And he is faithful friend and he sees you. He knows you. He knows every detail of what is happening in your life. And he just calls us to trust him. He is a faithful God. And remember to check out my speaking page at doriswift.com so we can chat about me speaking at your next women's event. And so friend, I hope that you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week. 
and I'll talk to you soon.